When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So just yesterday I was talking about the U.S. debt clock and precious metals, but I want to talk about debt here in the United States once again today. The debt crisis that nobody is talking about. Now, it's no secret that U.S. debt as a whole at the, at the government level, at the corporate level, at the, at the consumer level, the long-term trend is, is more and more debt, okay? But when I say debt crisis, what comes to mind for, for the federal government is something like a debt ceiling, right? Are they going, is the U.S. government going to, to default on their payments to, to uh, people that hold their bonds, whether it's, whether it's foreign governments or, or, or traders or whoever? Are they going to default on those obligations? That's usually what comes to mind when I say, or anybody says, uh, debt crisis. But... You know, that's not really something people are worrying about. I mean, I have Google Trends here, which which kind of shows how much interest there is in, in these types of terms over the last, this is going back to 2004. As you can see, debt ceiling, which is, you know, usually what when people think of debt crisis, a, a federal government debt crisis, this is what they think about, okay? And, you know, as you can see, you have a spike here in 2011. You have a smaller spike at some point in 2013, January 2014. You have another one later on in 2013. But since then, just very small, you know, I think there's been debt, some debt selling rate, uh, raises since then, but but not a whole lot, right? Not a whole lot going on in the last couple of months. So what am I talking about? A debt crisis. Am I talking about the U.S. government defaulting on their obligations? No, I'm not. Okay. Do I think that the federal government will default on their obligations? I think it's unlikely. I mean, sure, sure. There's a possibility that there'd be some sort of a breach of the debt ceiling for a period of, of days or weeks, you know, for, for political reasons. But, you know, the, the U.S. government has a, a pretty good way out of ever having to worry about defaulting on their debts, and that's called the Federal Reserve, right? The Federal Reserve can easily monetize any amount the U.S. government wants to, any amount of debt that they want to issue. If it ever is breached, it'd just be some sort of political crisis, I'm guessing. Okay, That's not the crisis I'm talking about. This crisis is not, for the moment, taking place in the United States. It's taking place in emerging markets. And, and many of you guys maybe have heard of me talking about this in the past, but, but I think it's become a more and more important issue what I'm talking about is the ongoing carnage in emerging market currencies. That's what we're looking at right here, all right? Um, I split it up into two different charts so you guys are not just inundated with like eight lines on, on one chart. But this is three right here, okay? In, in, in gold here, orange, you, you have the U.S. dollar versus the Brazilian real. And by the way, as these go up, that means a stronger dollar or, I guess more accurately, a weaker um, currency, uh, emerging market currency that I'm talking about versus the U.S. dollar. So you have the Brazilian real here in, in orange, okay? Going higher, higher, actually recently broke four to one, which is a very key level for them. And I think this this tells us that this emerging market business is, is far from over. 
and that's not surprising as, as we'll learn later on in this video. Red here, you have the uh, Turkish Lira, which has, has, has had a huge amount of devaluation thus far. And this is just uh, in the last year, huge amount of devaluation in the last year. And then black here, you have the South African Rand. Again, a huge amount of devaluation, um, doing even worse than how they were doing in the fall of, of last year. Okay, this is important. Keep, keep in mind these charts later on in this video. Um, I'll move on to, to the next one here. There's a four more lines. Again, this is four is already too much, but, but okay. So in blue here, you have the Russian ruble. Again, weaker and weaker is, is the trend here. In, uh, to here, black, you have the Argentine peso. Again, weaker and weaker devaluation of these emerging market currencies. In the, let's see here, red here, you have, um, I think red is the Indonesia rupia. And then to follow up, you have green, which is the Indian rupee. And I might have those backwards, I'm, uh, IDR and INR. Pretty similar though, right? The, the trend is weaker and weaker emerging market currencies. Now, why does this matter? I mean, the trend in emerging markets thus far over the last year has been carnage, not just at the level of their currencies, but their economies and, and their stock markets and their bond markets as a whole. Now, the reason for this, we'll take, for example, something like Turkey. Okay, the reason for this is that a lot of times these emerging markets, they secure a lot of their funding in foreign currencies. US dollars, the euro, you know, those are some of the big ones. And so, for example, Turkey, a lot of their growth in the last 10 years, their economic growth, has been as a result of people lending to them in a foreign currency like the US dollar or or uh, the the euro, okay? They they lend all this money, they take on all this debt and they spend it, right? They 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 do infrastructure projects, they they build a company, they whatever, they invest it, they spend it, okay? Now they have a ton of debt in foreign currency. What happens when that foreign currency gets much much stronger versus in this case the Turkish lira? Well, they're doing business in lira, right? They're, they're getting money in their own country in lira terms, okay? So so the way that I think of it is is this way. Let's say you go out and you take out a $1,000 loan, okay, at a, let's just say 5% interest rate to make things easy, okay? Now, if you have that loan at 5%, you're, you're gonna want to make payments, you know, ideally as fast as you can, right, to, to slowly pay it down. However, what if inflation was at 20%? Okay, and let's just say that you're, you know, this is in a perfect world and, and your, um, your, your salary, however, however much money you're bringing in, is also increasing at the same rate of inflation. So 20% and you have a 5% rate on this loan, far, far below inflation. You know, for, for all it's, you know, as good of it's a, as an idea it is, as it is to, to get out of debt, taking your time and paying out that loan might be worth it just making the minimum payments along the way because that thousand dollars you know it's slowly going to decline in actual dollar terms but purchasing power the actual value of that loan is going to decline much much more rapidly than than the interest rate on the loan itself because inflation is so high so you can take your time and paying it off well what's turkey and some of these emerging markets are dealing with is the opposite situation right the currency that they're borrowing it in dollars or euros or whatever is now getting stronger relative to their currency. Okay, so now that thousand dollars is you still have the same interest rate on it. It's still a thousand dollars minus whatever you paid plus whatever interest has been accrued. But 
the thousand dollars is much worth worth much much more lira right and so you have to spend way more money capital to service that loan and that's what's going on over in these currencies and again i'm going to bring this full circle here and, and talk about what i'm talking about here in a second but basically you have a stronger dollar relative to these currencies and it's spiraling out of control there's carnage because there's they've taken out a ton of debt in foreign currencies like the dollar and now they can't pay it back right you have corporations folding you have you have defaults right and and you're seeing it in the currency markets the stock markets that debt markets okay same thing goes for these uh, countries as well now what does this have to do with the u.s debt why am i calling this a u.s debt crisis well this goes back to something that was said by a uh, i think it was the reserve bank of india indian reserve bank there i think it's their central bank um, a, a member of that uh, board or chairman or whatever over there um, said earlier this year, a guy by the name of Urjit Patel, okay? Basically, he said that this he, this emerging market crisis, again, we're talking back in May or June or something, you know, before it's really spiraled out of control just in the last couple months in some of these countries. He said that the big cause of this is the federal government of the United States and the Federal Reserve, Essentially, what he's saying is, hey, we're, we're taking on all this debt in U.S. dollar terms, and you're making it extremely difficult to take out more lending uh, or to lend more dollars or to, to uh, service that debt because the dollar is not only getting stronger, but there's actually a dollar shortage. Not in the sense that they cannot find dollars, period, right? Or that you and I can't find dollars but that it's becoming more expensive to lend those dollars, right? Because there's less to go around. Makes sense, okay? The reason for this is twofold. First of all, quantitative tightening, okay? You have the U.S. bond market, which which is a, a huge market, okay? And well over a trillion dollars each year that comes onto the market. And those bonds have to be bought, by, by U.S. dollars, okay? That'd be bought by somebody, whether it's the People's Bank of China, the, the Bank of Japan, their central bank, or investors here in the United States. They have to be bought in U.S. dollars, okay? Now, for a long time, a big buyer, and it continues to be the case, but a big buyer of those bonds has been the Federal Reserve, okay? They buy these bonds as part of their balance sheet uh, plan. Basically, they have this huge balance sheet that they accrue during quantitative, quantitative easing. A lot of it was held in U.S. government bonds. They... Um, basically reinvested those bonds over time. So this big, long plateau that you see right here, that's them reinvesting those bonds year after year. As they mature, they take those funds, put them back. And, and this is not just treasury bonds. This is mortgage-backed securities as well. But, but as they mature, they reinvest them back into the market. They're creating demand for bonds because they keep buying more and more bonds, right? Well, over the last year, they've started something called quantitative tightening. And this is basically beginning in October of 2018. Each month, they took $10 billion of, of their balance sheet, $6 billion in, in government bonds, $4 billion in, in mortgage-backed securities. They said, we're going to allow those to run off the balance sheet. When those assets, um, when they mature, when those bonds mature and we can collect the funds on those, we're not going to reinvest that. Essentially, we're going to destroy currency. We're going to destroy the dollar. Quantitative tightening, the opposite of quantitative easing. Okay, So that's what they've been doing. 
okay, since October 2018. In January, sorry, October 2017. In January 2018, they increased it to 20 billion. Okay, so that's our second quarter, $20 billion a month. Okay, the third quarter of it, they increased it to 30. Now we're in the fourth quarter, they're at $40 billion a month. And again, in October of this year, they're gonna be doing it at $50 billion a month. And that's their peak, they say, okay? They're gonna be uh, running out their balance sheet at a rate of $50 billion a month. That means this is accelerating. They're buying fewer and fewer bonds. Those bonds have to be bought by somebody. doesn't matter who, but they have to be bought and they have to be bought in US dollars, okay? So because the Fed is is basically injecting fewer and fewer dollars into the system. They're essentially destroying dollars, destroying dollar liquidity. There's a dollar shortage. And to exacerbate the issue, you have the US government taking on more and more debt. So I'll edit this graph to, to make it a little bit more what you're used to here. You guys are familiar with this chart, right? More and more debt. That's That's been the name of the game for the US government for a very long time, more and more debt, okay? However, the pace at which it this debt is being uh, accrued is accelerating. A big piece of this was the Trump tax cuts. Not a political statement on the tax cuts. It's just fact of the matter. The U.S. government is taking on more debt because they're taking less uh, revenue in. Okay, and you see that on this chart right here. Okay, this is the federal surplus or deficit. Okay, as as opposed to I think a year ago. Okay, or sorry for each year. Okay. And so what you see here is, is we have the Great Recession, okay? This goes back 10 years, so 2008, 2009, 2010, okay? You have over a trillion dollar deficit for these years because of declining tax revenues and because the U.S. government just spent so much money to try and, and pump up the economy, all right? Huge deficits, huge issuance of, of bonds, basically. But since then, you know, we have had some economic growth. The U.S. government has not spent as much on, on stimulus and such, and, you know, they got closer and closer to that zero mark of, of not being in deficit. Still over $0.4 trillion off for 2015, but they were getting closer. It's progress from, from the bottom of $1.4 trillion. But that's reversing, okay? And this was only through 2017. 2017 um, was at $665 billion deficit, okay? That, that's how much they added to their debt in that period of time. But we're coming back up on a trillion dollar deficit again, right? This is declining. If you see this for 2018, 2019, it's going down again, a greater and greater deficit. That means the U.S. government needs to issue more and more bonds to pay for their obligations because they're taking in less money and they're spending more money, okay? Trump tax cuts as well as other spending plans. Again, U.S. dollar shortage because those bonds have to be bought in U.S. dollars. And that's what we're seeing right now in these markets, okay? And I know this is this is heavy stuff maybe, okay? But this stuff matters, okay? Because people ask, when will this end? When will the emerging market crisis end? And don't get me wrong, Brazil's dealing with their own political issues. Turkey is dealing with their own political and economic issues uh, separate from, from this US dollar talk. Say, same goes for Russia, their sanctions, okay? Um, South Africa is dealing with their own political issues. Uh, so is, um, you know, some other Argentina and stuff, you know, they're, they're dealing with their own political issues, but the trend here is clear. This is not all just political. This is a strong dollar, a dollar that is in short supply and it's, you know, tightening a noose around the neck of these economies. Okay. So people ask, you know, when will this end? Yeah, sure. Brazil can solve some of their, their political issues and, and you can see it drop down a bit, right? 
Um, maybe maybe Russia and the United States, the United States can take some sanctions off of Russia. Again, Russia's here in the blue. And the ruble can strengthen some. But if you want to know when this emerging market you know, bloodbath is going to end, you have to ask yourself, when is this going to end? Because we know that this is not going to end. This this whole greater and greater costs, uh, greater and greater deficits for the U.S. government. This is, come on. Do you, do you expect that the U.S. dollar or the U.S. government is going to change this trend? Probably not. Okay, it's going to it's going to go to a, a trillion dollar a year deficit and then two trillion dollar a year deficit and on and on from there. Okay, that's not changing. This is going parabolic. It has been going parabolic for a long time now. Next stop is 22, 25, 30 trillion dollars in in federal government debt. This, on the other hand, this can change. Quantitative tightening can change. Okay, you see again a downtrend here through this quantitative tightening. But I've said for a long time now that for these reasons, as well as others, because they're just, they're just, they're, they're, they're tightening the, the whole liquidity of, of so many markets, including the US stock market, um, that this cannot go on for much longer, right? I think their plan was to reduce it to, you know, three or, or two trillion or something like that. But, you know, I've said for a while now that I'd be surprised if they can make it to the end of the year without easing their quantitative tightening to some extent or just stopping it altogether right? Because this is not ending anytime soon. There's going to be more pain, I believe, in these emerging market currencies. Sure, on a week, even for a month, maybe they can recover some. But the trend is clear here. The US dollar shortage is here to stay until the Fed reverses this policy, okay? And so what are they going to do when they reverse this policy? They're going to lower interest rates. That's going to be a weaker dollar. And they're going to provide more dollars to the system, more liquidity. Now, when will they do this? I don't think that they're really going to do it until some of this weakness spreads, not just to other emerging markets, but to Europe and, and most importantly, the United States. You know, for the time being, emerging markets, which, which are important, and, and we could throw the, the Chinese yuan and their economy in here as well, and their stock market. Sure, they're important, but they are not important right now to U.S. stock investors. U.S. stocks are, are right around all-time highs right now, okay? Come on, get real. This stuff does not matter to them. But it only does not matter right now because they are ignorant to this. They, they, they think it, it doesn't matter. But these types of contagions have a habit of spreading. It's going to spread from emerging market to emerging market. You're going to see it affect economies like um, China's economy. You're going to see it uh, spread to, to parts of Europe. But long story here is that until the Fed changes this, the U.S. economy is on a collision course with reality. This emerging market crisis is going to spread to the U.S. economy, and it's going to be painful. It's going to be so painful, I believe, that the Fed is going to reverse this policy and end the U.S. debt crisis, right? And, and we're going to see this go up and up and up. More and more U.S. debt. We're going to see um, greater and greater surpluses. We're going to see this, this number go up, and everything will be happy again except, well, our economy will be in a terrible position, right? It's, it's, it's going to take a lot for the Fed to reverse this. And I think that it's coming from emerging markets. And, uh, you know, once they do reverse it, um, it's going to be because there's a lot of pain in the U.S. economy and it's going to send the dollar much, much lower. And it's going to ultimately send silver and gold higher once they start this this quantitative easing again and, and lower their interest rates to, to zero or negative 1%. Again, by the end of the year, I, I still tend to think, you know, it's got to happen, right? 
certainly not one year from now or two years or three years from now. You know, pe- people talk about, ah, we're not going to have a recession until 2019, 20, 21, something like that. Uh, no. What the U.S. Uh, Federal Reserve is doing right now in terms of, of their balance sheet as well as their um, the, the hiking of the interest rates, the Fed funds rate, that's, that's putting the U.S. economy on collision course with disaster. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this video down below in the comment section on this debt crisis that nobody is talking about. And, and finally, I'd like to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, and God bless.